Welcome to the Adamantium Podcast, episode number 33. Welcome back, Adamantomaniacs. I am your host, Adam R. Harrison, wishing all our American listeners a happy Thanksgiving. Hope you had a beautiful weekend with friends and family, ate lots of turkey, got some great Black Friday deals and some Cyber Monday deals. However, uh, I'm not too sure. Actually, there will be too many American listeners to this episode because it is pretty Toronto-specific. In fact, it's, it's quite regionally specific. As you've probably heard me say before in the podcast, I come from the Midtown area of Toronto. I grew up here. I still live here. However, the neighborhood doesn't really resemble the same neighborhood that I grew up in. And a lot of that's for, for good. It's, it's been improved and updated. But currently, I think it's actually the most developed area of the city. And the neighborhood is kind of just like a giant pit of construction at the moment. They're building a train line along Eglinton, which is going to be fantastic when it's ready in a couple of years. But at the same time, there's condos going up at every corner, tearing down local shops, a lot of residences, homes, uh, townhouses. And it doesn't seem like it's never ending. Every couple of weeks, every couple of months, I'm getting letters for another building that's being torn down and, and rebuilt. And it's just like the construction sites are bleeding into each other at this point. So like many other people in the neighborhood, I'm very curious on what the city's plan is for the area. If it's just like a free-for-all for developers, uh, what our future is going to look like, if our infrastructure can handle not only the extra uh, facilities, but also the amount of people that are going to live in this neighborhood in the future. So now having a platform of my own to share on, I reached out to city council. My neighborhood is actually split into three different wards, but the main intersection of Young and Eglinton is within the St. Paul's ward, which is ward number 12. So I reached out to city councilor Josh Matlow for an interview, and he was happy to be a part of the podcast and come and kind of uh, explain his vision for this neighborhood in the future, and uh, I was very happy to find out that he shares a lot of the same concerns and hopes for this neighborhood as I do. When I had met with Josh, he had literally just been re-elected for a third term, so thank you again to Josh for taking the time out of his very busy day to do this interview. And even if you don't live in this neighborhood particularly, I would still recommend that you listen to this interview because it gives a lot of insight into Toronto City Council. And Josh's responsibilities and even his frustrations are very similar to many others in City Council. And my main issue living in Toronto at the moment is over development, which is what Josh and I talk a lot about. And I believe that is pretty relevant to almost anyone living in Toronto. I'm, I'm sure I share those same frustrations with just about everybody. So I won't keep you much longer. Let's get right into the interview. But quickly, before we get some Toronto City Council insight, just a reminder, if you are listening on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, please hit that subscribe button and leave us a rating and review if you haven't already. Also, you can follow The Adamantium on social media. Just search for The Adamantium on either Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, or preferably all three. And that's all I got for now. So let's get right into it with Josh Matlow. City Councillor of the St. Paul's Ward, right here on episode number 33 of the Adamantium Podcast. Have a great week, everyone. All right, so we're here with Councillor... Josh Mallow, thank Thanks. you for doing our show. My, my delight. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, as we quickly introduce each other already, um, 
I come from the area that you represent, and yes. so that's why I was very interested in speaking with you today. Maybe it's a bit of a selfish episode, but <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm happy to participate. And uh, I um, let's just say I love talking about our area, but I just came off an election campaign where I was doing that every single day. Yes, yeah. So I'm I'm definitely well versed in you're ready talking to about, yeah, talking about the neighborhoods. Yeah. Um, and so actually, that was first and foremost. Congratulations! Thank you on being reelected. And this is your third term yes. now, third, yes. and that's and it's very impressive. Well, it's, it's my third term uh, representing our Midtown area. Yes. And now my first term representing essentially uh, a mega ward. Yeah. Um, it'll be you know, roughly double the size and a much larger geography mm-hmm. and a much wider diversity of different priorities and issues. Right. So let's let's first actually we should introduce everyone to yeah. you're the counselor of Ward 12, the St. Paul's. I'm about to be. About yes. to be. Yeah. Sorry. About to be. Um, and actually, interestingly, uh, the ward was the wards were just rearranged. Yes. Kind of. So it used to be Ward 22, I believe. Now it's Ward 12. And the area we, we, we live in and talk yeah. about Young and Eglinton is kind of what I find is interesting is it's kind of split into yeah. three different wards. So I will, I will, I'll continue to represent the south side of Eglinton. Yeah. And two blocks north of Eglinton on the east side of Young. Yeah. To Broadway. Yes. But then north of Broadway is represented by another counselor. And then on the northwest side. Yeah. You've got Eglinton Lawrence and then you've got Don Valley West. Don Valley West. Yeah. Then, so then. Eglinton Lawrence is on the northwest side. Mm-hmm. So there's really three councillors who represent the Young and Eglinton that area. area. Yes. But, um, you know, I, I think it's fair to say, given that I represent three of the corners, yes. uh, it's an area that I have been just deeply engaged in with of respect course. to trying to push back on the type of intensification that has mm-hmm. been allowed there. Yes. And demanding that we have things like infrastructure and mm-hmm. social services and um, you know plans that are in place to focus on the quality of life of residents rather than just you know developers getting everything right. they want which is exactly what we're going to talk about today. Awesome. <laughs> um, but that I guess is is probably the main kind of intersection of your ward I mean there's young and St. Clair too which is also a major yeah major well, we, we've, got, we've got a lot of main intersections a lot of areas yeah. in that yeah. you, it's yeah. a pretty big ward too it's, and it's yeah it's funny that little because it's kind of like a box, but you've got that little corner on the what would that be? That would be the north easternly corner. What like, at, at, uh, uh, yeah, it's got like at, the, at, at Dufferin Eglinton. No, 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 right at Young and Eglinton. Oh, Young and Eglinton. That you were saying the two blocks up to Broadway. Oh, I see. So yeah, funny. yeah. It's almost like a perfect square, but you got that little corner that's the intersection pretty much yeah so i've and got that's, that's where i'm located oh yeah, so okay so do you i'm on, in that little box w- yeah. which street are you on i'm on eglinton you're I'm on eglinton yes yeah, okay. so it's actually holly yeah. is the entrance yeah so i've spent a lot of time at your building really a lot of time at your building because i remember i think it was a couple years ago Metrolinks, while well, they've been building the LRT, well, right next to my building, right next, station. like literally, and and the construction has been a I lot of work, like right there. Yes, yeah, so you <laughs> feel it, you hear it. And there was a night. Um, I remember it was a February night. It was like eleven o'clock, mm-hmm. midnight, something like that. And I heard from some of your neighbors that they had started work, like really late at night. Okay. And so I went over and I met up with some of your neighbors and we talked about what was going okay. on. And again, it's it's Metrolinks's project, so I. 
I'm your city councilor, but it, I'm not like running that project. So right. I just went to learn what was going on. And I arrived there and uh, and I gave uh, somebody at Metrolinx a call and they said, oh, don't worry. Um, we have a permit to do the work mm-hmm. that we're doing late at night to make a lot of noise. Okay. I'm paraphrasing, but <laughs> that's yeah, what yeah, they were yeah. saying. And um, so I asked them about it and I said, well, if that is true, you should be giving notice to people so mm-hmm. that they at least can make plans ahead of time. So, what if their kids need to sleep at grandma and grandpa's or like, or, right. or somebody needs to figure out their lives because they've got a big meeting in the morning. Like right. you've got to at least give them Provide a courtesy. Them, yeah. And so they came and they put out a notice. Um, but then I found out after that fact that they didn't in fact have the permit that they said that they did. And, uh, and we called them on it and we called them mm-hmm. out on it very publicly, but I was just pissed yeah. that not only did they, um, uh, make noise in the middle of the night that they a didn't have to do at that time, nor did they have permission to do. But then they lied about it. Right. And uh, and but we, we did what we needed to do to call them out. But, yeah. But I got to know your neighbors very well because yeah, of, because of the journey that, that we were on. Because I don't remember. Well, that. then you were the lucky I was one. Lucky. You were I was the lucky. lucky. One, yeah. But there's a time because I, I work from home, and um, there's times sometimes in the morning where when when especially yeah. when they were digging where the Salvation Army yeah. used to be. Yeah. Where like my and I'm on the top floor and like my cupboards were rattling and stuff. And, sure. And there was people were were you know, nervous if they were digging into our foundation and. <laughs> well, that, and that's why communication yeah. is so important. Like absolutely, I, yeah. I, I think it's fair to say that most, you know, reasonable people in our community support the RT mm-hmm. and we want better transit and we want them to build it and we are happy that they're doing it. But I think it's incumbent upon, um, you know, whether it be Metrolinx in this case or the city and other types of works, to at least just communicate in a way that people understand what's being done, why it must be done, why it's being done, that there has been, you know, study to ensure that uh, safety precautions have been Mm -hmm. taken, that your building isn't going to fall down. Like, and and, and I think that's been, you know, something that's been missing, especially Mm -hmm. in your building, where... Um, we had to keep sort of demanding Metrolinx after the fact communicate better than they were. Yeah. And unfortunately, even when we got them to communicate on that occasion, they were communicating information that wasn't true and that just isn't isn't acceptable. Right. And has that been since corrected or is there... Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. We, 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 did, we did, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I mean, I, I too totally understand and I've seen communities from, from other, you know, friends from other countries and stuff who have had a similar... Um, kind of thing happened where they're building a new transit line in the neighborhood and they're like, yeah, you have to tough it out for a few years. It's awful. But then when it's done, it's like, it's an amazing thing. And I'm, I, I wholeheartedly believe that the LRT is going to be a very beneficial thing to our neighborhood and the city. Um, but it, it, it will be painful. It is, uh, and has been painful and and it will be painful. And I think not just to residents, to businesses too. I mean, of course it's tough. Yeah. But I think what the most frustrating thing to our community, mm-hmm. uh, and especially myself as someone who has grown up in that neighborhood my entire life. I went to Allenby, went to Glenview. I went to Allenby. Did you? Yeah. Oh, there yeah. you go. Uh, was Mr. Galafaro there at the time? <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, he was the gym teacher, the okay. Italian gym teacher. He was like the guy when we when we all went. But I went to, yeah, Glenview, yeah. Uh, Northern Secondary. So yeah. I've been in that neighborhood my yeah. entire life, went to U of T, yeah. and now I work in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And uh, my parents live in the neighborhood. They're actually... Actually, they're in a different ward. <laughs> they're across the street, oh, but yeah, they're in yeah. a different ward. Yeah. Um, but I think what frustrates us most is um, the amount of condos now being built. And it's yeah, not just yeah. – we're dealing with the, the development of the train line. But not on top of that, we've got 
12 it's condos. A per, it's a perfect storm, isn't it? It is, and it's yeah. just they're almost bleeding into each other. And um, I, can like, tell, I look I can, out my window, and I'm just surrounded yeah, by holes. Yeah, no, you're right. No, I mean, literally, so, it, it, it feels like this perpetual construction site. Yes. And it's not... Um, an exaggeration to say that there's like another hole in the ground every couple blocks. I mean, mm-hmm. it literally is like that. Yeah. Um, and there's been a number of things that have gone into that. One is, uh, for many, many years, uh, far too many developments have been approved, mm-hmm. whether it was at council or at the Ontario Municipal Board. Yeah. Uh, without any context, without any consideration to, like I mentioned earlier, um, the need for infrastructure. Um, pipes, wires, um, sewage. <laughs> the, yeah, the basics. Everything, right? Yeah, everything. The basics. Yeah, yeah water mains. To um, you know, where are kids going to go to school? Like, yes, you yeah. see those signs that the TDSB, the Toronto District School yes, Post. Yeah, yeah. Your kid may not be able to go to this local school, because, right? Yeah. Because there because there isn't enough space. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I could say the same thing about childcare or recreation. And I could go through a list of, course, of yeah, services yeah. That, that people rely on that, that don't exist or don't or we have a dearth of. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with parks. In in that in that block that you referred to between Eglinton and Broadway. Yeah. There are no real significant park spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mid block connections. Um, yeah. we need all that. Yeah. So um, what I set out to do, I mean, this should have been done 30 years ago when Young and Eglinton was designated. Yes. Yeah, well, actually, it wasn't 30 years ago. Young and Eglinton was designated an urban growth center in, in 2005 by the province. Okay. Yeah. And they approved a, um, a piece of legislation called the Places to Grow Act. Mm-hmm. For a good reason. They, they wanted to mitigate the amount of urban sprawl onto the Greenbelt and the Oak Ridge's Moraine. Yeah. So they said, rather than just having sprawl, we should have areas of... Uh, of urban areas in southern Ontario where we intensify. Mm-hmm. Young and Eglinton was one of those. However, what they didn't do as part of that legislation and the growth plan was ensure that all those things like infrastructure, right. services, etc., would have to keep pace with the growth. Mm-hmm. So what we've seen is that we've had lots and lots of condos, but not enough of everything that, yes, that either the existing residents need or the new residents would need mm-hmm. to live in a community that is livable. And that's been the problem. Yeah. And there's been nothing in the law to ensure that. So the condo developers keep getting approvals, uh, even when we protest, mm-hmm. um, without ensuring that all those things are there. Right. So the two things that I've worked on, along with opposing some of the developments, is A, when a development is, well, there's three, A, ad hoc, if a development is approved, I fight for things like childcare or um, you know a recreation space or more park space mm-hmm. or something that isn't just about them winning the day, but that we are left with something better than they found it. Mm-hmm. So that's what I fight for with the local developments. Um, as a plan, I fought for something called Midtown in Focus, which is finally part of the city's yeah. official plan. It's the secondary plan, the new one. That puts an emphasis on quality of life before development approval. Okay. Everything from the roads to heritage preservation to childcare to schools to pipes and wires to all of that. Right. Um, and then I also fought alongside my colleague Kristen Longtam to abolish the Ontario Municipal Board. Mm-hmm. In other words, um, change the system from within. Because those rules kept bending towards the developer's favor. Mm-hmm. And we were up always up against the barrel of a gun saying that either you approve something so it doesn't become worse uh, or it's just taken to the OMB and they approve it without even consulting with us. And I want the rules to be 
um, more balanced, more fair, consider residents' and communities' needs, but also consider the city's official plan in a more meaningful way. Right. Our official plan was ignored over and over and over again, and that's got to stop. Mm-hmm. Because you just can't plan neighborhoods without you know, right. all those things that, that make it a neighborhood. So where, cause you, you've actually beat me to about six questions, oh, sorry. Ask, which is, no, it's great. Yeah. Cause that's exactly, I'm sure what you've been asked for the last several weeks. And it's what I've been working on for several years. Right. Yeah. So where, what, what is in your opinion, what is the solution now? What do we, how do we, you know, I'm not saying, and I don't think anyone's saying development is bad, but obviously like too much of a good thing. It's, like it's, anything, about, it's, about, just, it's about the right development. Right. Yeah. It's like right, we've been hit with a bomb pretty yes. much. Yeah. And one thing for me personally, and I, again, I, this is a, um, a personal almost, mm-hmm. uh, because I, like I said, I've lived there. It's my, my whole life. And uh, Young and Eglinton really is a community. And... I almost feel like when I used to work downtown and people used to say to me all the time, like, why are you living up there? Like, come live downtown. It's where the fun is. And I'm like, I love where I live. You know what I mean? It's, I agree. It's, yeah, it's, you know, I I love my bubble that I'm in, but, (laughs) but it kind of almost feels, I I don't know if you get the same, but almost feels like the community's on pause until things are finished. Yes yes and no. I mean, like what, what we've done in the midst of all of this, like all the stuff is done at us. Mm -hmm. And so in the midst of it, while we fight for better plans and better, Mm -hmm. better approval processes and things that, you know, in, in, you know, when you use those terms, people's eyes roll, but at the same time, they're critical. I mean, if you don't have a system that considers where those kids are going to go to school before development is approved, then then you're going to get stuck with a bunch of buildings rather than a community. Yes, yeah. And, you know, those buildings should fit into our plan about a quality of life for the community rather than us always having to react to the developer's financial mm-hmm. interests. That's not the way that the city should be run. Right. Or the province, for mm-hmm. that matter. So, in the midst of it, you know, I've worked with uh, my friends Leslie and Chris who run a uh, farmer's market at, uh, at, at Davisville and Mount yes. Pleasant. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, where, you know, many of us in, in the greater Young and Eglinton community, community come together. And we have uh, movie nights in the parks. And we yeah. have um, we have a, a celebration after Halloween called the Pumpkin Parade. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we support the BIAs and the you know, local businesses in any way that we can. And we do things as a community to at least keep that fabric together mm-hmm. in the midst of all this construction. But of course it's hard when, um, you know, when people can't even sleep because construction's going on mm-hmm. sometimes and it shouldn't. So it's, it's about, I think admittedly we're, our generation is playing catch up. Yeah. Decisions were made years ago that didn't, didn't um, plan the area well. And what we're doing is making sure that the system is different, mm-hmm. that, the, that the plans are in place that the the approval process is different um, so that communities' voices can be heard in the midst of that and not just developers. And we achieved all that. I Mm -hmm. mean, we achieved... When I say all of that, we abolished the OMB and we have a new appeals body. We've got the Midtown and Focus Plan approved by council as a new secondary plan. Mm -hmm. Now the proof will be in the pudding. Now that we have all that approved, um, how much better the system will be? And I don't know that yet. I know that the rules are better now. But before we boast about, you know, mission accomplished, yeah. let's see how this rolls out and if the decisions are more thoughtful. Okay. If I start seeing more either condos rejected because they don't have everything you need for a community mm-hmm. or they're the wrong built form as opposed to what the official plan mm-hmm. is, or if they are approved, um, do they have uh, child care? Do they have recreation? Do they have school spaces? Mm-hmm. Do they have a new park? Do they have, you know... Have they considered where people are going to, you know, 
live and breathe and play? Do they have enough office mm-hmm. rather than just condos so people right. can work in the same neighborhood? If, if, if we see an improvement to the planning process, then, then yes, then we were successful. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that yet. You don't know yet. I, I'm aspirational. I'm hopeful. I know that we were successful in getting the changes made mm-hmm. to the process. But I don't think that we should you know, pop the champagne bottle right. until we see that the changes that we made are now working for mm-hmm. us, for the community, for the city. Right. And as far as you know, you know, with the ones that are already, there's you know, probably about 10 condos that are in the process of being built at the moment. Can the infrastructure handle these buildings? Do we know I, I've got concerns. Yeah. I've got concerns based on, on evidence that I've seen. Um, yeah. You know, there's uh, j- just slightly south of Young and Eglinton at Young and Davisville. Yeah. Uh, there are two towers being proposed uh, between Millwood and Davisville. Okay. On that parking lot site. Yeah. Um, right next to yes, the, I know, know, near, near the old Starbucks Where the LCBO there. used the to be, The LCBO right? used yeah. to be, yeah. And, um, uh, city staff told me that there were genuine concerns around the water main capacity mm-hmm. and I actually wrote a motion to request that um, the OMB just reject any development for the time being mm-hmm. not out of any rhetorical anti-development kind of you know mission but because there is a legitimate concern that 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 we don't have the pipe capacity right and I mean regardless of how tall or big or what color it will be or all that kind of stuff. Uh, I think that residents should have the basic expectation that they'll have water come in under their taps and the toilets flush. I right. think that's a reasonable <laughs> expectation. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and, and, and that goes for the existing residents in the neighborhood, mm-hmm. but also in fairness to the new residents who we would welcome into the neighborhood. Uh, you know, if they're, if they're moving into a building, that building better damn well have, <laughs> have yeah. all the infrastructure that, that, that it needs to be able to you know provide a, a good quality of life for them too. Yeah. So and I also raise concerns around transit too. I mean, uh, yeah, so traffic. Well, have, have you do you ever take the subway? Yeah, all the time. Yeah. So you will know then that it often takes four or five trains even to get on in the morning. Yeah. In the morning. And I'm, now I'm lucky because I like I said I work from home. So you don't have. I used to work down at. Wellington Spadina, and from what I've heard, it's that much worse from when I worked down there it's a few horrible. years ago. It's yeah. horrible, and it's getting worse. Yeah. And now we've got the Ontario government uh, suggesting that they want to build the the Young Line North, mm-hmm. which will only bring on more bodies. Yeah, right. And what the government has not done over the years is really um, prioritize the relief subway line, mm-hmm. which I've been advocating for for many years. And what's the, what's the relief subway line? So the relief subway line would the first phase would begin at um, around. Um, Carlon Danforth, and then go down, um, kind of loop around, kind of Pape Carlaw area, and then down um, uh, uh, to like around City Hall, and then go, uh, and then and then eventually go west and go north. Okay. And the idea of that is that the way I, I said I, I said this to the TTC is that if you've got a, a pipe mm-hmm. and there's a clog in the middle, and in this case, this is the metaphor for uh, Young Bloor, yeah, station. What does a reasonable person do first? Do you extend that pipe and try to stuff more things into it? Or do you unclog what's in the middle? Mm-hmm. What would you do if you had a pipe in your kitchen that way? Of yeah. course you would right. try to clear it. Unfortunately, what is intuitive and logical doesn't always work when it comes to politics. Right. And, and economics. <laughs> well, politics especially. Well, the yeah. economics doesn't jive with that either. Because yeah. What happens is that uh, there's, you know, the, the regions in the 905 are vote rich. Okay. You promise them subways. 
Subway, Subway, Subway. Yeah. Same thing with Scarborough. You promised them one Subway versus yeah, seven hour still. T-stops. You know my position on that. Yes. Yeah. And unfortunately, the, the politics of transit has usurped uh, evidence-based uh, transit planning. Mm-hmm. And if we're going to improve the lives of residents, whether you be at Young and Eglinton mm-hmm. or in Scarborough, where you currently have a two-hour commute, or in North York or elsewhere... Um, we're going to have to get serious about following facts and being honest about planning mm-hmm. rather than building transit just to where we want to get more votes. Right. Um, I heard that it was explained to me before that when the new subway trains were built, yeah. that they worked on a more efficient level so that we could add more trains to the to the subway line there, because they didn't require as much of a uh, for safety or something that they couldn't there's more capacity in the trains okay. the signals are better uh, but it but it's it, it mitigates it's, it's it doesn't marginal solve. compared to how many it, 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 it is it is a uh, it is a significant short term improvement okay but it won't it, it is not the solution the solution mm-hmm. is that you need to have relief for Young and Bloor, and you need to, uh, you know, build it up to Shepherd and then around uh, the West and actually create more options for people. The other thing is, you know, in, in, in other cities where there are more lines, more options, mm-hmm. if there is, a, you know, a, a reason for a delay on the subway and in Toronto that happens options. all the time, yeah. you can choose other options. So that's mm-hmm. another added benefit to that, too. But we should also, you know, along with looking at the relief line, we should be looking at how to use our bus routes more effectively, too. Mm-hmm. I've been advocating for, um, like, the Avenue Road Express, for example. Right now, it's mm-hmm. a premium service. Okay. So you have to pay uh, double the fare to get on. Really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And if we could make that a single fare express rather than premium service, it would become more affordable for people along the Avenue Corridor. Mm-hmm. But also, it would incent people to actually use that bus mm-hmm. and have fewer bodies trying to stuff themselves onto the M line. So it's a win-win for everyone. Mm-hmm. We need to think about how we can use our existing surface routes more effectively because it costs billions of dollars to tunnel. Mm-hmm. So if we can be more creative about what we have and use them more efficiently and effectively, we can at least in the short term uh, contribute to solutions while we are building for the long term. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, again, it's it's uh, politics. I just my biggest frustration is that I've just seen. I've seen, you know, whether it be Rob Ford, John Tory, Doug Ford, and others uh, use transit as sort of political, um, a, a political temptation, yeah. rather than, you know, be, be sincere about where we need to Just go. Just like bait almost, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Subway at every uh, subway at every corner, a subway right. yeah. in your living room, uh, you know, yeah. but, but realistically, we have very limited dollars, mm-hmm. and we need to be creative, and we need to be honest about how to use those dollars most effectively and we're not doing that um anyone doug ford or john tory who would spend billions of dollars on either a one-stop or a three-stop subway and in case in, in the case of john tory one subway stop at a mall mm-hmm. that more people would have to spend more time in scarborough on a bus getting to two yeah then a seven-stop RT that would run in, in its own corridor right anyone who would do that is not telling you the truth okay very interesting, yeah. Um, and you mentioned affordability as well. Yes. And I mean that's becoming a, it's a citywide issue. It's, it's but it's especially horrible. Young and Eglinton too is one of the now one of the most expensive areas yeah. to live. 
And I mean, for one, for a neighborhood that was nicknamed young and eligible, you're going <laughs> to lose all the young people um, because now it's just, you know, my friends now who are starting, I'm at the age where they're starting families yeah. and they need a place of their own, but they can't, they can't afford Absolutely. to stay in the neighborhood anymore. Absolutely. Um, and I don't, I don't know. I don't know that you know, but what, 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 is, what do you think is the future for, you know, our economic look at, at Toronto and, and how people live? I think we need to redefine the entire term uh, affordability. Yeah. Uh, because even the term affordable isn't affordable to mm-hmm. uh, renters who are paying between 30 and 50% of their annual income into their rent. Um, we have, I think we need to unlock a lot of our public land mm-hmm. to build genuinely, like far below, like 60 80% market rent. Uh, mm-hmm. rent. Um, because it's a lot more to, it takes a lot more money to buy private sector land yeah so we have we have we have subway stations in the city that are only one story that's absurd let's build above those and build affordable yeah. housing we have parking lots like at kennedy station a sea of parking lots why aren't yeah. we using that to build affordable housing yeah there's opportunities that we're wasting that we should get ahead mm-hmm. of um again we need to redefine the term affordable mm-hmm. and we also need to um you know fight to like for example i believe the ontario government needs to get rid of above the guideline rent increases yeah uh there are young people in our community many of them are renters at young and Mm -hmm. many many renters uh who are like literally living paycheck to rent paycheck to rent paycheck to rent always worried about if that paycheck is even going to cover the rent beyond food and everything else and if they get a surprise agi Mm-hmm. Um, they're not living there anymore. Right. They're yeah. they're 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 not gonna they're not living in Toronto in yeah. many cases. Yeah. And then on the other side of life, you have seniors who have lived in the Young and Eglinton area for 30, 40 years. Mm-hmm. This is their home. They know the shopkeepers, they know the people on their floor. This is their home. This is their community. Mm-hmm. But they're living on a fixed pension or living off their yes, savings, yeah. and then they get a surprise unfair rent increase to pay for capital upgrades to somebody else's property. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they're at. And mm-hmm. what that does is it doesn't just mean that they're not living at Young and Eglinton. For many seniors, that means that that increases isolation, it increases loneliness, mm-hmm. and it increases um, uh, the, the adverse impact to their, their, um, their health, their longevity, their mm-hmm. quality of life. It's serious if you've lived in a community for so many years and then you lose a connection with everything yeah. you've ever known. Yeah. And I say that to, you know, demonstrate the human impact Mm -hmm. of the decisions that we make. Mm -hmm. Um, We need to make sure that Toronto is more affordable. And that's why, again, public land, let's redefine the term so that when we do build more of a supply, it's not just a new supply of of rental. It's in a supply of affordable rental, like genuinely Mm -hmm. affordable rental. So it's accessible to more people. And then the last thing I would add is that we need to now take a full advantage of our this new tool that we have in our toolbox by the government called inclusionary zoning, mm-hmm. which means that for the first time ever, Toronto will have the ability to demand of, of, of developers that 5% of their development of their units need to be affordable. Okay. I would like to see that percentage increase, and I would like to see the chief planner make it an umbrella policy for the entire city. Because you've got some city councillors who might go, hey, this is great, we care about these people, mm-hmm. and other city councillors who are just happy to give away the farm to the developer. Okay. It should be a uniform city policy that every single new development provides as much percentage. Yeah. Of, I like that. Yeah. Um, Could you imagine all those condos throughout the city? 
if every one of them had a certain aspect of affordable housing to them, yeah. you could both increase the supply radically mm-hmm. and importantly, but it also builds a better city. Because then what you do, and the reason they use the term inclusionary, is that you don't have a city based on have-nots and, and, and those who have. Mm-hmm. But you've got kids of every economic means mm-hmm. growing up in the same neighborhood, often living in the same building, going to the same schools, mm-hmm. growing up, becoming friends, building yeah. a community together. I think it's I think it's a it's a good thing. It is. Well, that's I mean that's always been. I've I've got friends that I grew up with in yeah. the neighborhood, and now, and that's how I know it firsthand. I I got, I was very lucky that my family invested in a property years ago that I was able to take over, um, but a lot of my friends that grew up in this neighborhood who want to stay in the neighborhood don't have have that option. Absolutely. And they, uh, you know, we've we've found certain buildings that do provide a percentage mm-hmm. of uh, affordable. Housing and uh, but there and now there's there's wait lists you know yeah, to get into yeah. those apartments and well and and the the community housing the social housing that we have mm-hmm. there are roughly 180 thousand people on the waiting list mm-hmm. it takes between eight and ten years to even get yes. in yeah and I just find it unfathomable that we wouldn't do anything we could to both increase the supply but also make sure that the supply is genuinely affordable mm-hmm. yeah. And that's like I have two friends who have their rent loan, and, I, and we we always say to them, like, you can never move out of that place. Yes, you have to live there forever yes. because you're never going to find anything like that again. But, that, but that's why that's why I also advocated to get rid of that 1991 exemption. Yes, Do you, yeah. are you are familiar with what I'm referring to? I've, I've heard I've heard it mentioned, but explain it. Okay, to so you. the Mike Harris government created this. The the Liberal government just before Doug Ford uh, got rid of it. Thank goodness, uh, but certainly uh, a lot of us advocated for this. And the idea is, is that every building built after 1991 didn't essentially didn't have rent control. Mm-hmm. So people were finding themselves with like a $400 increase all of a sudden. <laughs> and what that yeah. meant is that if you had a relatively affordable rent, mm-hmm. if you if your if your faucet was leaky, you weren't going to complain about it. Yeah, you were going to be. Your rights, you would surrender your rights. Mm-hmm. And I've heard many stories like that because you wanted to be just a good tenant and have yeah, no problems yeah. because uh, the landlord had no restrictions on them uh, if they wanted to rent, uh, raise your, uh, your rent by some astronomical level. Yeah. And that happened at times. So now, now, yeah. they're, now they're part of the guidelines. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Incredible. Yeah. Um, there's a few other things I want to touch sure. on. Yeah. We've got... Um, one thing that I've been very curious about is uh, Young and Eglinton Park. A very, so maybe not actually part of your ward. So are you, are you talking about Eglinton Park? Eglinton Park. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Eglinton yeah. Park. Yeah. That's, a, that's an Eglinton Lawrence. It is Eglinton yeah. Lawrence. I just thought of that now. But, but it's one maybe, that we all use. Yeah. Yeah. I know because that that's a, a big part of that community. A lot of public activities and events yes. occur there. Um, I know, I believe we're losing the community center there. I don't know if, uh, if maybe... No, uh, so we're not losing it. Or part they, of it. They, no, they... Um, what, the, what the city decided to do was to shut it down for a couple of years. Okay. To do um, some some repair work that needed to be done. Okay. I think I, What I understand, and it's not in my words, so I, I wasn't directly involved. Okay, but yeah, yeah. I understand that there were some significant problems with the roof. Okay. And some other problems that they had to address. So it was shut down for something like 18 months, and then it'll come back. So okay. we're not losing it. 
That is, and we huge, could not. That was one of those things. Again, yeah. I heard. You know, you always hear in the oh, there's community, lots oh, of it's stories down, like that. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be a condo. No, and no, 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 like, no, no. No, it's coming back. It, it, literally, it's just it's it repairs are being done to it. It's going to come back. Okay. So uh, but I can add that I received funding for a new community center at Davisville and Young. Okay. So now there'll be so one on the north. Um, so where they're redeveloping the school, Davisville School. Yes. Yeah. Right adjacent to the school, we're going to have a new community center. Okay. And they've got lots of space. Actually, yeah. Davisville. So we, we, we worked out a deal with the school board mm-hmm. to be able to use their space. So now we're going to have another you know regional community center for the area, mm-hmm. one north, one south. Um, and I'm also working on a plan to create a new grand public space where the derelict bus barns are at the southwest corner of Young and Egg. Oh, yes, yes. So... Yes, part of that will be redeveloped. Yeah, it's already started, I believe. But at the yeah. corner, yeah. I want to see like a really beautiful public space. Okay. The kind yeah. you would see yes. in Paris or London or, yeah. or New York. Like yeah. a, a beautiful, amazing public space where there can be farmer's markets and events and, yeah. and, and a place for people just to come and read a book. And, yeah, have a coffee and, yeah, and yeah. chat and, yeah. Yeah, and meet people. Because now there's it's barely any places to congregate. No, no. I mean, in Toronto, Toronto... I mean, right now, again, because of the, the LR, it, it is more difficult, but... But we want to we wanna take that back and yes, do something special. I mean, there's... Yeah, I mean, there's always you always want to have a light at the end of the tunnel that you can look. No pun intended, right? Yes, exactly. (laughs) Toronto, Toronto um, has had a history when it comes to public realm Mm -hmm. of reaching for the height of mediocrity. Okay, and 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 successfully so, Mm -hmm. it either doesn't have enough public realm, or when it does create it, it's a huge ton of concrete. Mm -hmm. Look at Dundas Square. Yeah, and we can do a lot better. We can be inspired by cities around the world that know how to do it, and mm-hmm. we can do that too. So um, I want to do something really special there, Young and Nick. That would be phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what about, you had mentioned too earlier, what about schools? Uh, do we have enough schools now? No. With all these, yeah. No. And, um, I mean, when I was in school, which was long enough ago, class sizes were already an issue. Yeah. And so... The the, the, the TDSB. I, I, I know you're on the TDSB, so no, or you were. I was. You were. Yeah. Um, is that like what? What are the concerns right now? So the Toronto. They don't have enough space. Okay. They just don't have enough space. Um, they've had to um, do everything from change up some of the catchment areas mm-hmm. to um, even take the sixth grade classes out of the local elementary schools. And put them into Hodgson. So now Hodgson wow. is six to eight. Really. And all the elementary schools like Eglinton and Cody, yes, and yes. All, they're now uh, uh, K to five. Wow. Because they just needed the space. Really. Um, they're also building additions. Like Davisville is going to be a larger school, but they're going to, they plan to build an addition onto Hodgson. Okay. They are struggling for space. Yeah. What I would like to to, to do is identify like a podium of one of those condos mm-hmm. and try to make that into a new school space. Yeah. I we're, mean, we're we, looking they around. did it with North Toronto Collegiate. Yeah. And so, I mean, if and at first everyone was going, how are you going to do that? And it's mm-hmm. actually a phenomenal facility. And I was involved yeah. in that project. Yes, the difference yeah. there, though, that it was built on parking lots that the school board had. Ha, okay. In this case, yes. the school board doesn't have a lot of land. Oh, right. So it's about how do you, how do you fit the school's needs and the community's mm-hmm. needs into what the developer is working on mm-hmm. and how do you make sure that happens and that's what I'm you know what I'm there to help negotiate yeah. 
Yeah, that's a tricky one. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. a challenge. I mean, there are lots, lots. I, I can't imagine what's I don't know, what's on your mind when you go to bed at night. <laughs> a lot. Yeah, a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a. I you know I, I have I have all the needs of the community, mm-hmm. all the different joys and stresses. I now have double the population, uh, but then I also have uh, you know a five year old daughter who will you know yes. sometimes be the last person I talk to before I go to bed along yes. with my wife, yes. who who needs me equally. Right. And I think I did notice when. I, I look through your Twitter and stuff that you are a family man and, and that I think is very nice to know for a, a ward that is a community ward to know that a family man is that's a lovely thing to say and I, and I, wanna, I just want to make it clear like I that while I appreciate that yeah. you know everybody's got their own well of course yeah own definition yeah. of that word and yeah. different there's different types of families and we have a lot of people who live on their own uh, sometimes by choice sometimes mm-hmm. not by choice well I live on my own but I still appreciate it you know yeah one day I would, you know, I plan to have my own family and it's, I, I just think, you know, for that kind of community, it, it, I think it, it helps. I mean, I, I, de- I definitely just from, you know, again, I can only speak for my own right. personal journey yes. and choices, but I definitely like when, when I'm involved in, in, in improving the community and trying to make sure mm-hmm. that we do have school spaces and we've got parks and we've got new playgrounds built and all these things that I work on, um, I do see it through the prism of like I want Molly, my daughter. She's yes. five years old. I want her to have an amazing life, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 I, you know she's going to be growing up in Midtown Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, but I want that for everybody um, because road safety, for example, like when we talk about road safety, mm-hmm. it's not rhetorical when you think about your own kid walking to school one right. day on her own. Yeah. So um, absolutely, you know. Again, I know that there are city councillors who don't have kids who are just as passionate and just as dedicated. Oh, and I'm sure, but you um, know, but but I can just tell on a personal level, um, I definitely like it. Definitely puts a different prism, right? Which I value. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think it just I, I the where I was coming from is I think you know if you saw a bachelor banker who is at King and spends his day at King and Bay. Yeah. And that was his entire life. You know, sure. then it's like, well, maybe that's not who I want representing <laughs> my family neighborhood. You know, it's, we, they we, might not have the same interests in mind. You know, we, we, like, we definitely all but, try. I mean, yes. I, I, we definitely should, should, you know, elect people who will reflect our, our priorities, yeah. however that is. And, um, there's definitely a different, you know, when I go to a, you know, a community event and mm-hmm. I often do take Molly and, and yeah. Melissa will come when she's able to as well. Um, there's a different chemistry where it's one. It's one thing if you just show up and cut a ribbon because mm-hmm. you're a city councilor, right? Yeah. But when you're actually there as both a leader in the community, but also as a fellow uh, resident with your, yeah, yeah, and 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 you're 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 talking to somebody about a, a, a local priority while your kid is also like pulling your leg because she wants something to eat or she mm-hmm. needs to go to the bathroom. Um, it I think it does create a dynamic which is. You become part of the, the fabric of the community yeah. rather than just sort of... There's a human know, level yeah, to it, you know. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Yeah. I, I had one more question I just saw when I realized here um, about the area, the neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, is one thing that I have enjoyed, actually, about bringing more people and more development is we've now... Young and Eglinton has gotten a lot better, uh, you know, stores, better commercial options, better... A lot more uh, restaurants are opening a location at Young and Eglinton. Um and it's coming a little more, a little more sexy to be at. You know what I mean? Um, but with with buildings going up, do we? You know, we do notice a lot of yeah. small businesses closing. A yeah. lot of you know they can't. 
you know, they're developing. They have no choice. They're developing in their, their block, and so they're forced to shut down. Yeah, and, um, and their leases go up as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's almost a double-edged sword. Um, you know, we are getting cool places, but at the same time, maybe we're losing some of the mom and pops. Um, what do you think the future of Young and Eglinton looks like? I, I think... Commercially. I think... Um, commercially, I think that... there's re- I mean, there's a reason why I've been fighting to protect our office replacement policy mm-hmm. because I want to make sure that um, Young and Eglinton doesn't just become like a suburban bedroom community but in the sky. Right. Um, that just makes it into this place that people just go home to but then jam themselves onto the roads or onto the transit mm-hmm. every single day to get somewhere else. Yeah. Um, I think it's a better quality of life when for all of us and a better transit plan, a better urban plan, mm-hmm. if you can have a neighborhood that is complete, where you have a balance of live, work, and play, mm-hmm. um, and the services and infrastructure to support that quality of life. Mm-hmm. So I want to see um, uh, offices, everything from um, well-established businesses to tech startups. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to see... Um, I want to see um, services to support the residents who are there, just within the different businesses. I also want yeah. to see seniors programs. I want to see childcare. I want to see all these there, and I've been advocating for those. Mm-hmm. Um, I, one of the things that we can do when we negotiate the, de- the the terms of the developments is that I I always advocate for floor plates mm-hmm. along our main streets that will accommodate. The mom pops. Okay. So that you don't just get stuck with um, just banks. Right. Or box stores or things mm-hmm. that sort of kill the rhythm of a street. Yes, yeah. I want to see our main streets, like Young Street and Eglinton and others, have that rhythm where you you, 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 you window shop, you go into mm-hmm. bakeries, you go into restaurants, you go into whatever. You, you, you run into people on the street. You get to know each other. Yeah. Um, I want the street to be rebuilt um, with wider sidewalks that are more mm-hmm. accessible and safe. I want to see more green space. I want to see more mid-block connections. We have blocks, like that stretch of Eglinton and Roehampton and Broadway, yeah. where you have to walk. Like, the... This, it feels like four or five normal city blocks okay. to even get around a corner between right. yeah. Young Street and Red Path. Yeah. So I want to see more mid mid block connections okay. during the redevelopment, yeah. so that it's a more walkable community. Okay. Um, that's good for business. It's good for pedestrians. It's good mm-hmm. for health. It's good, good for quality and that, of life. I believe that that has already started. And We're beginning that. It's part yeah. of our plan. And it's nice. Yeah. It's nice now. You you know you go on blog to yeah. and they now have places. It's like oh yeah, to get a good cup of coffee, you can get. Here's a place at Young and Eglinton. Yeah. And that's nice now because yeah. we never, you know, it was always like you had to go downtown. You had to go. Those are all the hot I want Young, I want Young like, and Eglinton to be this like, you know, really like, you know, attractive mm-hmm. space. Like for, for business as well. Like I'll give you an example. When I talk about the, uh, the public space, the mm-hmm. public square slash park that I want for the southwest corner. Yeah, it's for local residents. But I also want a place for local employees to be able to go and have some lunch outside, yes, and, yeah. and 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 a pl- a destination both for local residents to have events and mm-hmm. farmers markets and 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 you know festivals. But I also want it to be a destination for Torontonians to, to come, come yeah. and meet up with friends and then go to the local shop or go to the local restaurant. I want it to mm-hmm. be vibrant, and the beauty is, you know, w- one priority doesn't come at the expense of another. It actually 
complements each other. Okay. Because the more vibrant and successful the main streets mm-hmm. are, the more vibrant the community is. Right. The better your if you are a homeowner, the the, the better your property value is. And if you're a tenant in the area, um, you will have everything at your doorstep. Mm-hmm. I want I want our main streets to be successful. A because I believe in small business owners. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean they. If you know any of them, you, they will I tell do, you. Yeah, yeah. They, I've worked they, in some of them. Growing up, I worked in some of them. Well, <laughs> to, to, to own a small business in Toronto yeah. means typically you are either um, uh, in 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 a lifetime debt to the bank, <laughs> or or to your parents, or to yeah, somebody. Yeah. But it is a huge risk. Yeah. And you need uh, your city and your province and your country to be there behind you yeah. to promote you and support you yeah. and to give you every inch of breathing room to be able to make mm-hmm. it. So. That's what I always try to do, but at the same time, I, I, I encourage our community to shop local too, yeah, because yeah. if you think of how many people live and will live at Young and Anglington, if we support those local businesses, they'll have a shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, we, our family, we run a, a small business. Oh. It's not a brick and mortar, it's not yeah. a retail, but yeah, and uh, but yeah, it's nice, it's, and like you said, it's nice to be able to meet people at lunchtime and, absolutely. and stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, and... Uh, well, it's like, it's like having villages in the midst of a big yeah. city, and Young and Eglinton can be that. And it's when you go, it's almost when you go to like a European town, yeah. and you have really do have that vibe. It's kind of like this is what would be nice at home. You know, Absolutely. Like, and uh, there are areas, there are places. A lot of times, when people go to Montreal, they get that vibe yeah. and stuff like that. And it'd be nice to have something a little more kind of personal like that in, in, yeah. in Toronto. Yeah. And we, and we, and we can do it if we choose. To. I, yeah, I think I don't you know, There's, and there's pockets. There are pockets in yes. Toronto that are very much like Absolutely. that. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, before we wrap up, Josh, uh, I just had a quick, quick, uh, I wanted to bring up cause you used to do journalism broadcast yourself as well. Yeah. Uh, you used to have your own show. Yes. Uh, was it the city with Josh Mallow? Do you miss doing that, that kind of stuff? And but you can hear I've lost part of my voice during no, the election. No, you have a great, yeah, well, but you have a great radio voice. It's, it's, well, yeah. At better times when we're not straining, I, I've done yeah. a lot of talking the last few weeks. I imagine, yeah. But um, uh, you know, I loved it. Like I, I grew up listening to um, a lot of radio shows and talk radio, mm-hmm. and you know, with a filter of recognizing that sometimes there's a lot of um, you know bizarre rhetoric and yeah, uh, course, ill-informed yeah. views. But I also see um, broadcasting as a forum, whether it's a radio show or a podcast like yours, mm-hmm. to to connect and to mm-hmm. share, um, and to sort of be a vehicle for you know creating a new public forum. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I find it really exciting and very intimate. It too. is. I mean, I, I well, the reason I started one, it's it's a phenomenal way now the way we learn is completely different yeah. than the way yeah. it was even 10 years ago absolutely and there's so much you can learn at a whim now and yeah. uh, opportunity is 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 there for you uh, you know 10 years ago I couldn't have my own show or I would yeah, need yeah. to find someone else no, and, to, and, and to I, I had a major radio me. station right, right? That's and, it. And, and now you've got now, you've got a computer and you just have to have the know-how to that's it. To you need a little bit of experience, yeah. and you can, you know. Um, so to answer your question, yes, um, I don't actively miss it because I'm incredibly fulfilled by what of I'm course, doing. of course. But, but like, would I do it again one day? Mm-hmm. In a heartbeat. Yeah. I, I, um, you know, I just I love that medium, mm-hmm. and I love writing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've written a column before, and, and, and I you still writing. do, right? I write, but not. I mean, I don't. Yeah. But I don't have like a Toronto Star column right, anymore. I right. loved when I did that, but yeah. I, but I, 
it's the intimacy. It's the connection. Yeah. Like, for example, I would always want to read what somebody had to say about it, not just out of sort of like, do they like it or not? But yeah. also, I, I'm, it, it was, I like the dialogue aspect of mm-hmm. it. And the broadcasting um, allows you to have that, that immediate dialogue that mm-hmm. you're able to hear from people, complete strangers at times, mm-hmm. who are engaging in a conversation with you or whoever your guest is about, um, you know, whatever you're discussing. Mm-hmm. And I just love that. I just like people. I mean, that's, yeah. that's, I mean, it's not it's that much of a connection. I started this as well. You yeah. Know? I love meeting interesting people. Yeah. And there's a way to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I, and, I, and I love that you do. And I think that says a lot about it. And it's, it's the most fun. It's the reason, you know, I do it in my spare time because it's what I You want to connect. It's, yeah, that's it. And I think that's part of a, I think that's a part of our human nature, isn't it? Yes, like of just wanting yeah. wanting we're tribal. Like we want yeah. we want to connect with people around us. I think there's certain things learning. I think learning, communication, uh, are, are always two things that you're always kind of hungry for. Yeah. Or, anyways, a certain type of people. Anyways. Sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so then to wrap it up, then what um, what advice would you have for someone like a young journalist or or someone starting a show like myself? Um. Be very clear about what your goals are, mm-hmm. and I find that the clearer you are about what you want to achieve, uh, the more able you are to manifest that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're unclear about what your destination is, um, you'll be even less clear about the journey that you should be on. Okay. So stay focused on what you want to get out of this. Okay. And uh, if you have a whether it be a subject matter or a you know a level of your career or whatever you intend to do with this, mm-hmm. start dreaming. Mm-hmm. Start dreaming, dreaming, and then you'll find that almost, you know, unconsciously, yeah. you'll start doing things and taking steps towards that goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and enjoy it. And, you know, don't worry. While, while I'm advising you to have a goal, don't get obsessed about the goal. Mm-hmm. Don't forget about the journey, too. Yes. Enjoy these conversations. That's Go out it. and talk with people. Uh, whether you have a podcast that five people listen to a month mm-hmm. or um, a major radio station picks it up, whatever whatever you end up doing, no matter what you're doing and whenever you're doing it, enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, to paraphrase, you know, Ferris Bueller, you know, <laughs> life goes by really fast. Yeah. And, and if you don't stop and look around, you're going to miss it. Yeah. It's true. It's really true. Um, and I can tell you as a, a, you know, again, with a five-year-old daughter, I see her grow up so quickly. Mm-hmm. I don't see myself age at the same pace. Mm-hmm. I know I am. She reminds me of it. Yeah. But you can see it when you've got a kid. Like they just they get old. They get older quick. Yes. They get they get taller quick, and, <laughs> and they start talking back at you quick. Yeah. And so, you know, the more present you can be in your own life while you do it, I think the more you'll enjoy it. Yeah. Um, and you know, and ultimately. Uh, and what more can I say? Just no, I think uh, that's actually great. Do, 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 do it until you don't want to do it anymore and then it. look for something else you love. Yeah. yeah. I appreciate that, Josh. Thank you again for taking the time. My pleasure. Absolutely. No, real pleasure to meet you. Thank you. Thank you. Adamantium.